You're listening to the Family Worship Center podcast with Pastor Noah L. Nicholson. At FWC, our mission is to be the church where the love of God is demonstrated freely by me. If you'd like more information about our church, visit our website at www.fwc-chicago.org. Now stay tuned for today's message. He's so incredible. He's so wonderful. He's so marvelous. Jesus is so amazing. There's nobody like him. There's nobody but him. And he has created this awesome kingdom that he's allowed us to be in. He's created this awesome life that he's allowed us to live. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. He has come. Jesus said he's the door. He's the way, the truth, and the life. You know, Jesus is our interest into the kingdom of God. And it is in the kingdom of God that we have the joy and the splendor of being a citizen of the kingdom of God. In his kingdom, I don't ever have to worry about anything. He said, I don't have to be worried or anxious about anything. But whatever happens, just pray to him. Give thanks to him. Make my supplication to him. And I don't have to worry about it. In the kingdom, I don't have to worry about what happens to me. Because he said, all things will work together for your good. Because you love me and you're called according to his purpose. I don't ever have to worry about going to hell and being lost. He said, I go to prepare a place for you that wherever I am there, ye may be also. I don't have to worry about an enemy taking me out, hurting me. He said, no weapon formed against you shall be able to... I don't know how y'all feel about the kingdom of God, but I'm glad I'm in the kingdom and he's an amazing God. He is an amazing... Come on, say it one more time. He is... You are an amazing God. You are an amazing God. You are amazing God. Hallelujah. You are amazing God. So amazing, amazing, amazing. You are amazing. Come on, clap those hands and give him a praise like he's amazing. Hallelujah. He's amazing. He's amazing. He's wonderful. He's marvelous. And what he has done for us is simply marvelous. It's unspeakable. Can't really put it into words. The Bible says it's joy unspeakable and full of glory. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers today. If you're close enough to a woman and say happy Mother's Day. She might not be a mother yet, but tell her happy Mother's Day anyway for her potential. Amen. God bless you. So glad you're here today. You are in the right place at the right time. And I'm looking around the audience. Are y'all all too young to be tired? So I know you don't mind standing for just a little bit. We're getting ready to pray. I want you to pray for people all around you. Pray for your, yourself, but pray for others. Our prayer can never be a selfish prayer if God's going to hear it. If, if God's going to hear it, it can't be a selfish prayer. Jesus says the very first thing that we say to the Lord is our Father. Not my Father, 
our Father which art in heaven. And that means that my prayer is always inclusive of other people. That means that when we walk with the Lord, we can't have a selfish attitude and just think about ourselves. We got to think about other people too. Amen. Amen. I found out that the greatest gift is the gift to be able to give. That's why Jesus says it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. There's so much joy in giving. I think that's why mothers be so happy because they just give all the time and they just happy mothers. I know you get tired, but the joy of motherhood to be able to give life and to be able to sustain and help that life. It's got to be just an awesome experience. Amen. Got to be an awesome experience. Bow your heads. Father, we thank you. We honor you today. We thank you for the tremendous opportunity to come into this place and to give you worship and to give you praise. First of all, we thank you for your compassion and for your favor, for your Holy Spirit that dwells within us. We thank you for even a mind to be in church today because a whole lot of folk don't have a mind to be in church to worship you. So we appreciate you. Because we know it is not any goodness of our own that we hear, but it's because you have drawn us. It's because you have given us an understanding and intelligence and illumination to know the importance of worship. And we don't take the credit for it. We thank you for it and helping us to respond to your light and to your love. Now, God, I ask that you will bless each person in this place with a special anointing today. Bless mothers in a very special way. Lift up heads that may be bowed low, hearts that may be hurting and discouraged. And cause the peace of your anointing to come upon them. That peace that passes understanding. Give us, Lord God, an, an anointing to preach today. Uh, and a power to help us to get through. Help us, Lord, to illuminate the revelation that you've given us in your word. We know your word doesn't change. It's forever settled in heaven. But as we change, we see things so differently in your word. So we ask that you will illumine us this morning. That we'll see in your word all of the answers that we search for and all the, the needs that we have, they will be met by the engrafted word of God. In Jesus' name, let the church say in Jesus' name, amen. Love on somebody and tell them, I'm glad you're here today. Give them a hug. I'm glad you're here today. Don't be stingy with that hug. Don't be stingy. Don't be stingy. Amen. I'm a huggy person. I like to hug people. I love to hug people. You know why? Because sometimes that's the only hug they'll get is the one you gave them. That's the only one they'll get is the one you gave them. And so we like to give them a hug and be nice to people. It's nice to be nice. Nice to be nice. I, just yesterday we were funeralizing or memorializing our own Spring Alexander. She was a member here for many years worked on our financial team and she moved away to Virginia with her sister about three years ago and we were at her memorial service yesterday and everybody was talking about how wonderful of a person she was and spring was just um, uh, I want to say 57 so she wasn't uh, old or anything and so she had been battling with sickness and she'd been through a lot and so uh, we thank God for her example of love that she left for all of us Amen. She was just a wonderful and incredible person. So many times she was sick, but you all didn't know it. Amen. Hurting in her body, but still serving. Hurting in her body, but still doing what she believed God had called her to do. And so we thank God for life. Somebody say, thank God for life. That means we want to celebrate people while we have them. All right, we're going to preach, but uh, I want to say a few things real quickly. I, 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 I have a couple of announcements. I want to reiterate the announcement of the teachers that we need for our financial literacy class that we're doing for the young people. 
and that's the ages from 12 to 19. So if you can help us with that, we have the booklets for you. We have all the material. We just need somebody to present the information to the children. So if you got a knack to teach, you have just, uh, you don't have to be a teacher, just, just you know, a desire, you can help us out. You can help us out, sign up at the Get Connected table, and then there's going to be an orientation uh, next Sunday, is that correct? Next Sunday, what time is it next Sunday? 10.30 in the morning, orientation for teachers who want to help us out with that. We're going to be teaching kids how to track money, how to goal set, how to do budgeting, how to grow, save money, how to handle the, what to do in the banking system. And this is just, you know, good knowledge for our young people to understand so that they won't grow up going to the currency exchange. They won't grow up to going to the currency exchange, giving the currency exchange all their money. All the little saving that needs to be going into a savings, you're giving it to the currency exchange. Currency exchange rape the wealth of a community. All right, all right, all right. Look at somebody say, you need a bank account. Amen. You need a bank account. You need a bank account. You need to know how to use banking. And just because the currency is convenient, we use that for convenience sake. We use that for convenience sake. To get a money order costs what? A dollar. You say, that ain't hardly no money. How much does it cost to write a check? How much does it cost to use your debit card? So why are you giving away a dollar? <laughs> Somebody said three dollars, not if you go to your own bank and get it out. <laughs> if you go to your own bank with your debit card, they don't charge you to use your debit card. If they do, get another bank. Amen, get another bank. But our kids need to understand banking. They need to understand finance. They need to understand that so that they will have an advantage and um, they will... Uh, know how to uh, increase. They will know how to increase. Sometimes it, uh, the difference between wealthy people and people who are not wealthy, many times is just an ability to save and an ability to have an understanding of how money works and finances work. It's not that they made more money than you. It's just they did different things with the money. Amen, somebody. Amen. It's what we do with our time that makes us successful. Everybody's got the same amount of time. They say, there's a recession, there's no money, there's no money. Think about it for a second. Money has never evaporated from the earth. <laughs> there's never been a time where money evaporates from the earth. Like, where did it go? It's still there. Look, it's still there. It just went from this hand to another hand. It just went from the poor people to the rich people. The rich get richer, the poor get poorer. And as long as we'll do what poor people do and think like poor people think, we will always be poor. But if we change our mentality, do some things differently, we can be as wealthy as the next person. Amen, somebody. Y'all believe it? I didn't come to talk about that, but that's what the class is going to be on, and it's good to get your kids started early. We'll start signing up with the kids in just a, in another few weeks or so. Um, next Sunday, new members class is at uh, uh, 1040, so if you haven't attended and you're a new member, go ahead and go to, be a part of that. That would be great. Now, the next three Sundays after that, somebody say the next three Sundays after that. The next three Sundays after that, I think I'm going to put life class on hold. We're still going to do it at the life class time. Cherry's going to get upset with me because I didn't talk to her about it yet. I'm just I'm throwing it out here right now. And so, you know, that's not, that's not the way you do things. Because somebody say that's not the way you do things. 
But I like to have an opportunity for you to prepare for what we want to do. We've just left our workers, uh, our, our leaders and pastors and leaders conference in Detroit. We just left that this week, and it was just an awesome experience for all of us that went. We had a marvelous time. And so one of the things we want to do, it doesn't help us for, I think it was about 20 of us that went down as leaders. But it doesn't help us for us 20 to have something, and you don't have it. We have it, but you don't have it. So what we need to do is download into you what was downloaded into us. And so what we're going to do, not this next Sunday, but starting the Sunday after next, the next three Sundays, we're going to attend, somebody say at 1030. Well, let's make it 1040. At 1040, at 1040, we want everybody to come to the student center, especially all leaders and workers, especially all leaders and workers, but anybody can come. Well, we're going to take time and let some of the people that went to the session download into you what was downloaded into them, to share with you what was shared with them. Amen, somebody. Amen. So there's some things we want to talk about. There's things I want to talk about as pastor and to share with us about church and church growth and things of that nature. And so um, it, it's going to be a marvelous time, and you're going to be glad you came. Listen, principles of leadership and principles of growth and transformation. Uh, your happiness is tied into your growth and transformation. People say, well, I want to be happy. You will never be happy at the mentality that you're at. Happiness is a fruit of growth and transformation. So to be happy, one has to grow. Jesus says, I've come, you might have life, life more abundantly. You will never have abundant life until your mind is renewed. Change happens when the mind is changed and renewed. And so leadership principles help us to grow and it helps us to find the happiness and the peace that God says is in his word and it's coming through a knowledge base, it's coming through a psychological base, it's coming through the mind, the changing of the mind. And what God does in the spirit has to be communicated to the mind. If it just stays in the spirit, you can't work with it. It's got to come into the mind so you can operate it in the natural. Are y'all with me? When we say touch the seat and say be filled, it ain't going to happen if we don't do something after we touch it. So we touch it and make a declaration of faith, but we also still have to do some things too to make that happen. Amen? I can look at my bank account and say be filled in Jesus' name. Oh, y'all think I'm playing. I talk to my bank every time I pass it or every time I'm in it, I talk to it. I talk to all my accounts in the name of Jesus. I have millions of dollars in this bank in Jesus' name. I talk to the thing because you can talk to things, but I can't just talk. I have to do some work too. Amen? Y'all with me? All right, go in your Bibles with me, if you would, to uh, Exodus chapter number two on this wonderful Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day again, mothers. Thank God for you. You're so, so, so wonderful individuals. Womanhood is just a marvelous thing, isn't it? Isn't it interesting how God created everything in the universe, everything in the world, he created everything, and then his final act of creation, the last thing he did, he saved the best for last. Then he made a woman. After he made man, all the animals, all the trees, all the birds, the stars, the sun, the moon. I mean, think about that. God made the sun, the moon, the stars that sparkled in the sky, and then he said, but this ain't enough. I need one more thing to make this thing right. And then he went and created a woman. Look at somebody say, you a bad mama jamma. If they want to say, you a bad mama jamma. You something else. 
You are something else. Lord, have mercy. The crowning jewel of God's creation. He made a woman. Oh, it's all good. She said, it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Y'all got Exodus? Chapter number two. Exodus chapter number two. Let's look at what the Bible says in Exodus chapter number two. I think I'll read verse one, begin there and go down. And there went a man of the house of Levi and took to wife a daughter of Levi. That doesn't mean he married his sister. Levi, of course, is one of the sons of Israel. And now we're years and hundreds of years later and now. Uh, Moses is coming along and his mother and father are from the same tribe. Are y'all with me? And the woman conceived and bare a son and when she saw him that he was a goodly child she hid him three months. Now she's hiding him of course because Pharaoh has made an edict in his kingdom that he don't want no more male children to be born to the Hebrews. Because the Hebrews, the Jews, are becoming so vast in number, he feels like that they'll threaten the safety of Egypt. That if we keep allowing them to multiply, the number that they're multiplying pretty soon, they're bigger than us already, they'll take us over. So we've got to stop the multiplication of the Israelites. And one of the ways to do it is to just simply kill the men children. Look at somebody say, the devil's been after men since the dawn of time. He's after ladies too, but he's really after men in the dawn of time because men have this responsibility of leadership. When a woman joins a church, 15% of the time her family joins. When a man joins a church, 90% of the time his family joins. So sometimes because man holds that place of leadership, the enemy just wants to destroy him. Okay, so then, um, so then in verse 3, you got it? And when she could not longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and dabbed it with slime and pitch and put the child therein and she laid it in the flags by the river's brink. And his sister stood afar off to see what would be done and what would happen to him. Verse 5, and the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river. And her maidens walked along the riverside, and when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maids to fetch it. And when she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby wept. And she had compassion on him and said, oh, look at the little baby. This is one of the Hebrew children. Then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and call thee a nurse of the Hebrew women that she may nurse the child for thee? And Pharaoh's daughter said, that's a good idea. Go. And the maid went and called the child's mother to come and nurse the child. Look at somebody say, God's working it. He's working it. He's working it. It is Pharaoh that has made the edict to kill all male children in Israel, in the Hebrews, in Goshen. It is Pharaoh's daughter that now sees little Moses in this basket and takes him as her own son. So while the enemy is trying to destroy you, God can take an enemy and cause an enemy to mother you. 
Help me preach. Look at somebody and say, let the Lord mother you. Amen. Let him mother you. Let him just mother you. This is what we call the year of unrestricted expectations. Where everything we need to help us have a proper expectation is in the word of God, actually. It's, just, it's in the word of God. However, sometimes we don't always extrapolate the principles uh, from the word of God and make them applicable to our lives that we might be able to benefit from the wisdom that God shares with us in the word. Sometimes it is necessary that we have to go through certain experiences to be able to make proper interpretation of the revelation that God affords us. We've got to go through some stuff sometime to even begin to learn and understand that that takes a cooperation with God uh, to have right expectations in him, we have to cooperate with him. And so people need, we all need in our lives, we, 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 we need two sorts of relationships in our lives to grow and to have the right expectations and to be developed properly. We need two kinds of relationships and those relationships are first of all, it is a divine relationship that we need but at the same time, we need a spiritual relationship also. We need a divine spiritual relationship, but we also need a human relationship. Somebody say human relationship. So we need divine spiritual relationships, but we also need the human relationship. God is our creator, but he's not just our creator, but he's also our recreator. God is the source of all growth. God is the source of all creation and what he does is he puts us in relationships to facilitate the kind of development that we need to become the people to fulfill the assignment that he has for our lives. He puts us in relationships and many times the relationships that are most healthy to us are relationships that are vulnerable, relationships that are open, relationships that are without duplicity and without any kind of brokenness or breach where we can simply be ourselves in the relationship. And I don't know if you understand it, but mothers provide many times the human connection that we need to be the person that we are. It's something about mothers. It doesn't matter how messed up you are. Your mama can just find a way to love you. You know, she can just find a way to love you. And so mothers play a vital role in the development of young lives. Mothers, they play a vital role. They're not only the tool by which God brings life into the world, but they're also uh, the tool that he uses to help develop the children and to be develop them in such a way that they become a blessing to the world. So from the very beginning of our inception, we can see the necessity of these two relationships to grow, the divine and the human. It is really mothers many times that uh, begin to actually speak expectation into their children. They, they can speak expectation as to what the child wants to uh, ascribe to become. Uh, children will raise and, and lower themselves sometimes uh, uh, to the level of expectation that you put upon them. Not just children in the psychological world. We call it the Pygmalion effect where many times people will rise or lower themselves to the expectation that the person in relationship has of them. So when people are telling their children that you're stupid and that you'll never be anything, they have a way of diminishing themselves to become in alignment with the expectation that you have of them. And so then Moses, in this case, has to have 
a mother. He has to have someone that's going to protect him even in the ensuing moments of his life. And sometimes when you don't have a natural mother to help you and to bring you to a place of maturity, how many know that God is a God that has a way of sometimes giving you a mother, but she was not your natural mother? Uh, he gave you a grandmother that stepped in. He gave you an auntie that stepped in. He gave you a big mama that stepped in. Somebody stepped in to help you with the development that you needed uh, to happen in your life. And so Moses is being protected by God and his mother, not just by God. Because remember, God is a God that is sovereign and he has all power. And because of that, he is in control, but he does not always control everything, every little nuance. And we call that in theological terms, the self-effacing of God, the self-effacement of God. In other words, God has the power to do whatever he wants to do, but he self-efface or limits himself to allow the world to move on an axis where people have some sort of an ability to choose what it is they want to do. In other words, he allows Pharaoh to make a decision that causes the life of many Hebrew boys. He makes them make a decision to cause the life of many Hebrew boys. But then at the same time, he begins to protect many of them because the midwives would not uh, do what Pharaoh was telling them to do because they had a choice also. And so when the babies come out, they wouldn't kill all the babies. They would begin to try to hide them and protect them. And Pharaoh would say, wait a minute, there's still babies and boys running around, I told you all, kill them when they come out. And the midwives would lie. Yep, they would lie to Pharaoh and say, Pharaoh, before we could get to the house, the baby was already born and we didn't even get a chance to get in there. Look at somebody say, line is not right. Don't do it. Don't do it. But there are times when it seems that God allows certain things because a person's will is involved. And so Moses is being protected by his mother as well as being protected by God. Now here is the divine control of God. He on one hand allows Pharaoh to do some negative things, but on the other hand he says, I'm going to control the situation of this Moses child. And it doesn't matter what the devil tries to do to stop him, he won't be able to kill this one. Uh, see, when God has a particular specific design for you, I don't care what kind of enemy tries to keep you from doing it, God uses his sovereign power to bring it to pass. The only one that can stop something from happening in your life, touch a neighbor and say, is you. I hope y'all are hearing me today. You're the only one that can put the limitations on yourself. And so then the Bible says that Moses is being protected and uh, his mother has to help him to formalize and develop his character. And she speaks into his life and protects him because uh, she was able uh, to, to be in his life because she's giving him uh, uh, the nutrition that he needs. And mothers spend their vitality on others. Uh, they birth new things things into the world. Mothers are individuals that, that bring about newness. If anybody ought to understand the pain of process, it should be a mother. If anyone understands that whenever something wonderful and new is about to come into existence, it many times is surrounded by pain and difficulty and messiness. Somebody say messiness. Messiness. 
Because whenever anybody has a baby, I don't know if you've ever been there, but I've been there when babies was born. When I had my two sons, I'm telling you, there was pain when I had those boys. There was messiness when I had those boys. Oh, y'all don't think I was there. I was there. I was, I, was, I was in pain when they came forth. I mean, I was being talked about, hands squeezed and all kind of pain. Oh, that's not the pain. That's not the real pain. Oh, okay. Wait, y'all have the real pain to go through. And so you know you're bringing something wonderful into the world. You're bringing something marvelous into the world. And when it comes, when it comes in, you recognize that it takes time for growth and development. Somebody say it takes time. It takes time as in the spiritual, as in the natural. It takes time for people to develop. It takes time for people to come from where they are because sometimes people are mishandled and when they're mishandled, especially by caregivers, sometimes they never learn how to become psychologically themselves. They have issues. They, they have emotional issues. They're in balance. And what Jesus is saying to us is let me repair the damage that has been done by other people that have mishandled you he wants to mother you help me preach look at somebody say he wants to mother you it's never too late to be mothered by Jesus Christ. It's never too late. He says, if your father and your mother forsake you, he says, I will lift you up. One of the most important tasks of spiritual growth is uh, uh, and maintaining proper expectations uh, is learning how to deal with the things or the sufferings that happens in your life. Learning how to handle hurts. Learning how to deal with sin and failings, learning uh, uh, how to handle pain that comes uh, out of relationships. One of, the, one of the things to success, one of the things that uh, we never teach people, we don't teach people in school, we don't teach people in church. Uh, you know, one of the things we don't teach people that we should teach people is how to fail. Y'all ain't gonna like me, but I'm a preacher now. We sometimes, we, we, because we don't teach people how to fail, and we know that everybody is going to, at some time in their life, they're going to they're going to fail and so one of the things that has to happen is we have to teach people how to use failing and failure to better your life and to better your existence and not allow it to be something that causes you to become debilitated in any way and so what God does is says I'm going to teach you and mother you I'm going to put a system in place of healing and growth I'm going to put a system in place that you can be nourished and it's called the body of Christ. Somebody say the body of Christ. Jesus loves us and he mothers us and he mothers us through the body. He mothers us through people. The grace of God is given to us through the gifts of God. The grace of God is given to us through the gifts of God. All of us have received some hurt in church. Anybody in here ever had church hurt? All of us have received some church hurt. We were just at the conference this week and one of the conference speakers Bishop Vance he he made the statement that people talk about church hurt but ain't nobody been hurt in churches like a pastor y'all don't understand it but ain't nobody had as much church hurt as the pastor because you're the one that's preaching you're the one that's helping you're the one that downloads into people you're the one that does these things and sometimes the very people that you try to help with all of your energy and all of your strength are the very ones that have problems and that leave and that talk about you that run you down that you know all that and so look at somebody say we all been hurt in church 
all of us have been hurt in church and 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 we ought to understand that 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 that's simply a part of the process of humanity there is nowhere you can go it's just it's, it's interesting to me how uh, people label a church and they say well you know I ain't going to church no more because I was hurt in the church and that person did this to me and that person did that to me it's interesting how people only do that with church they don't do it with anything else in other words when they go to work and people hurt them at work you don't hear them saying I ain't going to work no more because them people at that job they be hurt me they talk about me they run me down they still get up and they go to I've never heard a person talk about I ain't going to the club no more because at that club they was talking about my dress and they was talking about my clothes and they was running me down talking about me they still go to the club. Uh, people don't talk about, you know, it's kind of silly to, 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 to condemn the place that has put, put in place to help you because there has been some hurt that you received at that place. For instance, when somebody goes to a hospital and a nurse sticks them several times because she can't find their vein, you don't hear them jump up out the hospital bed and say, I ain't going to be in this hospital because that nurse stabbed me two or three times and hurt my arm and if this is a place of healing, why am I being hurt. Uh, help me preach. Look at somebody say the same place that hurt you is the same place that's got to heal you. Y'all ain't ready, but I'm going to preach. The same place that got the hurt there is the same place that's got, you will destroy your life if you abandon something because you found some pain in what it was. I like riding motorcycles. I love it. It's fun. But I failed on the motorcycle back in my 20s. And, and, and I could have got up and said, I'll never ride again because I got hurt. And I failed and I hurt myself but look at all of the years of joy I would have missed if I'm not going to do a thing because I was hurt how many people have been hurt in a marriage and said well I ain't going to never get married no more I was hurt in a marriage but I'm going to get married again because you do not allow the hurt of your past to dictate the pleasures of your future you got to be able to handle the hurt handle the pain and get up and make something of the rest of of your life can I preach like I feel y'all you gotta have an ability to know that God has placed within his church a healing mechanism and when the church operates properly it's a wonderful thing when it functions the way it should function there is tremendous power when it comes in and Satan wants to magnify the negative because he never wants you to see the power of the positive shake the neighbor's hand and say the church not supposed to be judgmental no, 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 no. The church is not supposed to be judgmental. The church is not supposed to be condemning in a criti criti critical and criticizing way. It's not supposed to be a gossiping place. It's, a, it's supposed to be a place of power. It's supposed to be a place of prayer. It's supposed to be a place when people come, they hear a word from God that can bring deliverance. And that's what God wants. And sometimes the very thing that hurts you is the very place that God's going to nourish you. The very place that's trying to kill Moses and destroy Moses is going to be the 
place where God gives him education, rears him, raises him, incubates him till he's ready to use him. Uh, shake a neighbor saying and say, you got to grow up a little bit. You're going to have to grow up. You got to grow up to be able to handle what you got to handle and keep it moving in a positive direction. Hit a neighbor and say, keep it moving, baby and so we understand that uh, what God gives us are these godly connections and it's more important for you to have a solid godly connection with one person than it is for you to have a hundred fans or associates it's better to have one person that has a godly connection than to have a whole lot of people liking you I don't need a whole lot of people liking me I just need a few people who know how to get in touch with God and as as long as I have a few folk that know how to get in touch with God we can make it do what it's got to do I wish I had a witness in here ask a neighbor say do you know how to get in touch with the master and so life then we are learning to submit to God we're learning to submit ourselves to him God is teaching us how to depend on him like a child has to depend on her mother or his mother God is teaching us that you've got to relinquish your control to me you 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 can't you can't run everything you so many people's problems come out of the fact that they try to control things that are outside of their control uh, they, they try to control everything and when they do that they lose control of the one thing that they can control which is themselves the only thing that I can control is me I can't control anything outside of me I don't have the power to control it I can influence it I can speak to it I can do those things but what I can't do is control it and one of the things that that teaches me is that I never get upset about what other people do I don't get upset what other people say I don't get upset what other people say negatively about me or don't like me or whatever that don't upset me because I can control what you do anyway there's no sense in having a whole bunch of dialogue about that there's no sense in me losing any kind of sleep over what you think or this person thinks or feels what you have to have is a control of your self what are you going to do with what God has given you what are you going to do with what God has placed in your hands and so the Bible says as we submit to him he's teaching us that I am the provider and I am in complete control even when I allow something to happen to you I'm still in complete control and when I want to change it I can change it so you don't need to lose sleep over what I let happen you need to let what I let happen to you bless you uh, help me preach look at somebody say sometimes negative stuff blesses you y'all y'all ain't ready for me but I'm gonna preach it today sometimes it's the negative things that are blessing you the situation surrounding Moses birth is cataclysmic the situation surrounding his birth it appears that all things are not happening the way they should it looks like God is not answering prayers of people because if God was answering prayers why do we have so much turmoil if God was answering prayers why do we we have so much trouble this could not be the 
plan of God working out this way. That's why God says, your thoughts are not my thoughts. Your ways are not my ways. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways and my thoughts above yours. You don't have to take me and trust me at the level of my word. You can trust me by what you look at. Because I'm doing things you cannot understand. I, I'm working on stuff you don't have no understanding about what I'm doing. It looks like everybody's dying. But what I'm doing is moving Moses to the place he's got to be. And when I put him in the house, I'm putting in the house your deliverer. It doesn't look like I am, but touch the neighbor said he's protecting your deliverer and God says it's surrounded by violence it's, it's surrounded by pain it's surrounded by turmoil it's surrounded by bloodiness it's surrounded by messiness sometimes folk want to get away from messy people I don't like messy people either but sometimes I recognize I need some Judas's every now and then in my life shake a neighbor's hand and say Judas gonna drive you to your destiny I wish I could preach in here today everybody in life can't be a Peter Peter told Jesus he didn't have to die Judas told Jesus I'm your friend I got your back but he's the one that betrayed him but he betrayed him to his destiny sometimes it's the enemy that's trying to destroy you that's actually working on your behalf pushing you to the place where God wants you to be shout hallelujah shout hallelujah one more time it is that kind of consequence that leads to grace and sometimes the consequences that lead to grace are an act of grace in themselves I'm going to say that again because you missed it sometimes the consequences that lead to grace are an act of grace in themselves sometimes we don't like the stuff that happens when we're receiving the consequences of our own actions sometimes there are consequences for what we do but what we don't understand this is why God says despise not the chastening of the Lord don't despise when God chastens why because God says everything I do I do it in the spirit of grace and love like a mother when I spank you I spank you with grace what do you mean Jesus he's saying this the thing you don't like and the thing of the consequences of your action is the very thing that's going to bless your life y'all ain't getting it let me try to make it plain uh, look at somebody say let him make it plain the prodigal son is in a place he doesn't like he's in a place where he ain't got no money he sold everything he has and wasted his goods now he is a Jew Jews hate pork and pig is filth to them and now here he is in a pig sty getting ready to eat the filth that the pigs are eating he could be in that place saying how can I be in such a nasty place like this but what God is in heaven is saying this the place that you think is so terrible is grace for you because it's in this place that you're going to come to your senses if I hadn't let you get here 
you would still be running around losing your mind I let you get to the edge of your mind so I can save your life shake a neighbor's hand say neighbor that hell you went through God was just getting your attention and bringing you back to a place of power shout hallelujah shout hallelujah one more time people didn't have to discover that what God is for them and he is not against them he's for you God ain't against you God is for you because you can't come to him unless he draws you to himself the fact that you're in this room today means God is for you if he wasn't for you you wouldn't be here somebody said I'm only here because somebody invited me that's a good thing they did and it wasn't just because they invited you God wants you to hear the word that he wants you to let him mother you let me deal with the issues that's in your life let me put you in a context where you can be made whole let me mother you and sustain you because I can do it anywhere I place you you ain't gotta run and find it I can do it right where you are you say but God is enemies around me that's all right that's why this is in the text because he's mothering him in the house of his enemy and not only does the house of his enemy here but then the Bible saying he allows his own mother somebody say his own mother look how God will orchestrate a thing he allows Moses sister to see Pharaoh's daughter take Moses as a baby then she said Pharaoh's sister do you want me to find you somebody to nurse the baby he said yeah will you do that please and who does she go get she goes to get the mother of the child to nurse Moses while he's a baby so while mama is nursing him in the house of the enemies mama is saying you ain't no Egyptian boy I'm gonna speak over your life now you don't understand it now but you will hear it later I'm gonna speak some expectations over you as to who you are in God that woman ain't none of your mama I'm your mama boy and you need to hear who you are and where you come from shake a neighbor's hand say neighbor I am not a product of my environment I'm a product of the Holy Ghost and the divine will of God I can grow up in the ghetto and become the president of the United States. Y'all ain't ready for me. I can grow up in a gang and come back and get the whole gang saved. I can grow up in an atmosphere that's bad. But if God can connect you with somebody and mama was rocking here saying, boy, you ain't none of Pharaoh's daughter. Son, you my son. You a man of valor. Look at somebody and say, tell your boys they're men of valor you say pastor you don't know my boys you got to learn to call those things that be not as though they were talk about your husband in great swelling words only you can help your son in some areas mama you will notice in the book of, of, of Proverbs the first few chapters of Proverbs it is Solomon or David or Solomon that talks to his son and telling him what woman to stay away from telling him what woman don't mess 
peace with her. But you got to get to the end of Proverbs and get to the place where his mama's talking to him. She's saying, your daddy can tell you who to stay away from. But daddy can't tell you like I can. What kind of woman you need, boy. So now his mama has to talk to him and give him wisdom from a mother's love. Give a neighbor a high five and say, neighbor, God wants to give you wisdom like a mother's love. He told the midwives, don't you kill these children. So the midwives are helping Moses. Then the Bible said Pharaoh's daughter helps Moses. Then Moses' sister helps Moses. Then Moses' mama helps Moses. Look at all the women in his life. Give a neighbor a high five, say neighbor. We need some women in our lives that know how to help us make it to another day. Can I preach in this sanctified church today? Anybody glad for a mother that knew how to call on the name of the Lord? Knew how to pray you out of some situations. When you couldn't pray for yourself, there was somebody that could call your name out. When you didn't even want to pray for yourself. I wish I had a real church in here. Some of y'all weren't trying to find God at all. You was in the street doing your own thing. But God had somebody with your name on their mouth and they called out your name and now here you are giving God all the praise shake somebody's hand and say neighbor you ought to praise him for what he's done for you you ought to praise him for holding back your enemy and making your enemy bless you he said if a man's ways please the Lord he'll cause his enemies to be at peace with him if we can learn how to make God happy God can turn everything around. Shake a woman's hand and say, Mother, I designate you as a mother in Zion. You are mother with power. Look at them in their face like you're mad at her. Say, don't let nobody define you. Let God tell you who you are. You ain't going to be like these old mothers that's going off to sea. No, you got to be a keep it real mother. I wish I could preach in here shake a neighbor's hand say you ain't gonna be a churchy mother you gonna be a jazzy godly mother you gonna be one that knows how to identify with somebody you gonna know how to talk to them when they need talking to when they come off the street and don't know how to identify they can't identify with all the churchy stuff when you say some you can't be committing for the because fornication is a sin and he's looking at you in his mind saying I don't even know what that means what is fornication I don't need that churchy mother I need that mother that know how to get down with it and say boy you can't be hitting that you can't get all up in that until you marry her son second evil hand. Say, I need a real godly mother. I need somebody that know how to identify with folk. I need somebody that'll love you through your trouble. Love you through your storm. Know that we gotta build you up and can't tear you down. Somebody say, Lord, 
mother me mother me in my pain mother me in my trouble he said I want to ease your comfort and be a comforter to you I want to help you make it to your next level find you somebody that know how to speak at your spirit know how to encourage you it's enough hell in the world I don't need hell in here I need somebody to tell me God is able able to deliver you God is able he's able to keep you when your enemies come at you seven ways they'll flee 50 ways when the devil tries to drag you down my God will lift you up grab on somebody and say I got your back baby ain't none of us what we should be but all of us are being mothered by the Holy Ghost trying to rock me in your arms when I feel like leaving hold me together when I need to grow speak a word of anointing in me somebody give me praise somebody shall mother me Jesus shall mother me mother me he said I'll mother you in the house of your enemies he mothered Moses in the place that was trying to destroy him he gave him education understanding poise he gave him the ability to go into the king's court he still has some training to do tell somebody say I still got some training to do for the life of me, I don't know why Christians think that worldly people ought to act like Christians. For the life of me, I don't know why Christians think that somebody new into the church ought to act like people that have been in church forever. Shake somebody and say, I don't want you to act like people that have been in church forever. Some folk been in church so long, they so heavily minded, they are no earthly good. They have lost their ability to identify with the realness of the world that they're in. Sometimes you can be in church so long you be like a Pharisee. It's the love of God that this is about. None of us should have a desire to want to hurt somebody else with my words, with my approach. I want to speak the truth in love. Because we have to let God fix people. Touch your neighbor and say, I can't fix you. Say, I love you. I'm going to try to help you. But I can't fix you. I can't fix you. Only the Holy Spirit can fix you. All I can do is create an atmosphere of love. Acceptance. Even tolerance. So that the Holy Spirit can do in your life what he wants to do because I can't fix you I can give you the word but I can't make you live it I can give you the word but I can't make you make it yours I can exemplify it in front of you but I still can't make you do it but I can keep loving you and let the Holy Spirit be the Holy Spirit in your life Peter was jacked up and he needed help from the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, go get Peter. The other disciples would have never got Peter. They would have never got him. 
No, you denied the Lord right when he was in trouble. Well, y'all going to talk about me, but all y'all ran. You might not have denied him with your lips, but you denied him with your actions. So how are you going to judge me? Because you ran too. He said, no, 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 go get Peter and tell him to come because I still want to use him. Tell somebody, say, God still wants to use you. I know people have talked about you, run you down and say you ain't nothing and you ain't this and all that. Don't listen to that. God wants to use you. And he wants to use you to reach people that they can't even reach. They can't even reach them. They can't even reach them. They can't even reach them. They're so far. And, and they're not bad people. Tell somebody, say, they're not bad people. They just, they can't reach them. You're millennials. They're out there, 80 million of them. Your zeers are out there. And some of us can't reach them the way you can because you're with them. You hear them. And they want realism. Somebody say realism. You know, folk just want you to keep it real. Not keep it ungodly, but keep it real. Don't come across like you got it all together because you don't have it all together. Tell somebody say, you will never have it all together. As long as you live in the flesh, you will never have it all together. As long as we're in these bodies, we got to struggle through here. We got to keep asking God to help us. We got to keep asking God to deliver us. We got to keep asking God to give us your strength and a double portion of your anointing so that we can be strong. But what we don't need to do is preach a message in such a way to try to make people think we got it all together. That we don't have any issues. Pastors don't have marital problems. They don't have issues. The devil is a liar. Look at somebody say, church people have real issues. They're human beings. And God says, there is no issue that I won't help you with. There are no issues that, listen, the same storm that's beating on the house next door to you is the same storm that's beating on you. The same storm that's beating on that house. In other words, we go through the same stuff that other people go through. What's the difference, Pastor? The difference is your house has been built upon a foundation of God's word. And the storm not going to knock you out the box. The storm going to make you bend. It's going to make you sway. It'll make you cry. It'll do all that. But when the end of the day is over. You're going to still be standing on the rock called Christ Jesus. When somebody else that lost their mind, killed themselves, given up on life, you still standing on the rock. But it wasn't because what happened to them didn't happen to you. Yeah, it happened to you too. Look at somebody and say, yeah, it happened to me too. You lost the house like they lost the house. You lost the car like they lost the car. Your kid went to jail like they kid went to jail. Your daughter got pregnant like their daughter got pregnant. Yeah, it happened to you. It happened in your house. Yeah. But you're still standing. And you kept loving on the people around you through their trouble. And sometimes the very person that caused you so much pain becomes your deliverer. The person that caused you so much pain. Come on, altar workers became your deliverer. We going home. If you want prayer for any reason, the altar workers are coming to pray with you. If you want to receive Christ, come.
Thanks for listening to Family Worship Center Podcast with Pastor Noah L. Nicholson. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address, fwc-chicago.org, to your friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out our archive section on our website for previous podcasts. Join us next time for another edition of the Family Worship Center Podcast.